0: hi guys welcome in it is Thursday night hope your week has gone well we are going to uh, go down a path that's probably not the most fun path when we talk about the browns but I do think it's something um, that that I would like to discuss and kind of have on record my opinion of so um, yeah we're gonna talk about that in just a second we'll bring in our guest we are. On the OBR website, I'm taking over the newswire while Barry McBride is on vacation, so check that out every day if you can. It's free to read for anybody who wants to read it. Just a collection of links, uh, important to the Brown side of things and the NFL big picture, and um, that's about it, I I think. We got a couple things up. Fred Greetham did a position review, and uh, Stephen Thomas did an age guardrail uh, that that is something you should check out because it is now two drafts deep of age guardrail understanding. Especially when you look at their first four or five rounds now, it's pretty similar. So check that out, too. And we'll have an analytics piece up tomorrow from Cody Sweck, which will be good as well. So if you have a moment, check that out. We're going to welcome in our guest, John Colosimo. Nothing but the dogs podcast, my good friend. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jake? I'm good, man. I'm good. We are uh, on polar opposites of the light spectrum. I think that, that that is the one thing I notice right now. You You live in a house with two children. It's got to be dark this time of night. <laughs> I am I'm stuck the corner of my place. So um, listen, man, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about something and I I don't want people getting mad about this conversation and I need to get it on record and then I will throw it to John to give his stance on this. But it's the culture change stuff that gets thrown around the Browns and, and how we value players. Uh, to, as, as far as what they're able to bring outside of their on-field play. And, and there's no denying that this centers on Jarvis Landry. It just does. I think you know, people talk about what Jarvis has paid versus what he's produced, and then you kind of throw in the caveat of, well, he's changed the culture. And I really like Jarvis Landry. I am not on social media likes. And, again, this is what some folks do. It's not me. It's not my prerogative. They will go on tangents about Jarvis Landry needing to essentially be out of Cleveland because he's not worth it and and whatever. All of these reasons. Uh, I think that Jarvis does a ton of great things. I think he's a valuable part of a three-year window here that they have had. I think he's done a great job helping facilitate higher expectations among the people here and You know, he was still a part of two losing seasons until they figured it out last year. But it does not miss me that Jarvis Landry has helped change the culture among many other people. And and people, John, will say that Baker has been the culture changer or uh, they'll say Miles. Listen, my whole point, I tweeted this concept out today about we all try to label people as the reason the Browns culture changed like players this guy changed the no one player did this it wasn't like Jarvis's arrival and his yelling on HBO while a good fair point he didn't do it single-handedly it's been a collection of people and yes I believe Baker has helped that but people forget there have been steps along the way in the maturation process for Baker where his teammates have had to check him and say hey man that's not the right thing to say that's not the right thing to do and I think we see a different version of Baker now. But my point is, John, like, I I can set aside the understanding of who Jarvis Landry is on the football field, but also say, I understand, too, that he helps cultivate an environment of higher expectations, not something he's done on his own. And I don't know if that's ultimately worth $15 million in a season, but... I understand it. I've been completely fine with Jarvis being here among Baker, among Miles, among many people. And my point today was if Jarvis were to be cut tomorrow, I'm not advocating for that. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be around this year, and it's kind of likely he'll find a way to be around next year. I don't think they lose anything from a leadership perspective. I think that they have created enough people here in leadership roles to be fine. To be good enough, they have figured it out, is my point. Um, I like Jarvis. I, again, I have no problem with it. But the metrics of the drops last year, uh, the separation numbers, are not great. And listen, he, he's he's gritty. He plays through injury. I, I like him. I like, I like him on this football team. But I think there has to be a realistic perspective of, of what he's able to do in certain parts of the field. So, again, nothing changes. He's going to be here. But the topic has surfaced since the conversation around Julio Jones, and he's a free – we'll get to that in a little bit. But, like, that's where I'm at, John. Like, I like like Jarvis. He's here. He's going to be fine. He's going to do what he's done the past few years, have a basement of, like, 800 yards and a ceiling of about 1,000 and some change, and that's okay. That's okay. He's not going anywhere, in my opinion, of liking him or not liking him isn't going to change shit about the Browns' decision to keep him or not keep him. I just think you you can look at this and say, I understand Jarvis has limitations on the football field. Some things he does well, but some limitations on the football field. And also say, I understand that there are other elements at play here that make him important too. I think all those things are fair. All those things are fair. So I just like, what are you on the culture changing? Because to me, it's like Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry are the leadership group that changes the culture. But yeah, go. Take, take the reins, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, how I would put it is... Uh... Jarvis has absolutely been a part of changing that culture and he certainly adds things, uh, as a player, um, you know, outside of the field is what I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about two different things here. Value as a player, um, you know, on the field, which is really what you, you know, what you pay for. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, a lot of these extras and stuff like that, but really, honestly, NFL, like they say is a business and that's really what you're paying for is on the field production. Um, Jarvis is excellent. I love him as a dude. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's a guy who's settled. I think he helps ground that wide receiver room. I think he, you know, adds perspective to those guys. I think he does those camps, which is excellent. Um, you know, but ultimately, uh, like you said, I think that this culture change ultimately comes from the from the top down. Yeah, and it comes from Andrew Barry, it comes from Kevin Stefanski on a day to day basis. You know, uh, Jarvis was here in 2019 when things went off the rails. You know, um, it's not and Baker not, and all of them and all of them. Abs- are here. You know what? And, and, Absolutely, you're right. You're right. Let's put it on every one of them. So you can't say that any one of them you know, is some massive culture changer when 2019 was able to go off the rails as it did. Um, you know, I hate to uh, bring some movie quote in it, but, uh, I remember, and I don't even remember what movie it is, but, uh, there was a Gene Hackman line uh, where he was a coach, which he's been in multiple movies, uh, where he said, uh, what comes first winning or confidence? And, uh, you know, somebody says, uh, you know, confidence. And he says, no, it's winning. And I think that there's some truth to that. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, these coaches being able to show these guys a path to winning gives them confidence, which changes the culture, which changes their beliefs and what they're able to do. And that's what you're talking about. When you talk about culture, it's like, you know, uh, their belief that putting in the work equals wins. And, uh, you know, so, there's a lot of factors in that. There's a lot of variables and there's no way you can convince me that there's like one guy that is the heart of, I'm sorry. It's not, you know, it, it comes from the top down. It, it requires many people. There is no linchpin. I don't think. Um, and uh, I don't know where it's going to go. I'm happy to have Jarvis and Landry on this team this year for a, for a team that I think has every opportunity to go the distance. Uh, but our future may not be with him. And, you know, this culture that the Browns have built doesn't go away with that one player. So, um, I think that's, it just gets a little carried away, I think, with the fandom in terms of one player being the heart and soul or, or that kind of thing. You know, I, I
0: do too. I, I do too. It's like, it's, it's tough for me to, um, Put it in the right word because people get so defensive about it. And it's like you don't <laughs> – I'm trying to think of the way to say this. Just because somebody says A player would be an upgrade to B player doesn't mean you have to get mad. It's just a discussion. Like I love Baker Mayfield, but I'm not oblivious to the fact that there are better quarterbacks than him. And if one of those guys were available, you would consider – I. this is what the next topic is, John, which is like I- I'm not just talking Cleveland. There are many places I've seen. I follow a lot of different people, the Colts side of things, the Eagles side of things, the, the, the Bills side of things. And it's like when a player like Julio Jones becomes available, every fan base in some way, shape, or form, if you click on somebody who a lot of folks in that fan base follow and they throw out a take like, hey, we think he's better. Uh, we think we'd like to trade for him. Here's why. There's always many, many people saying we don't need him. He's there's this issue. There's that issue. We're better without him. And it's like, I can't think of another sport. That's like that. It would be like the NBA James Harden once traded every single fan base is like, I want James Harden. And it's like in, in baseball when, when like, I don't think of a recent example, every single franchise wanted Francisco Lindor, but in football, people get so upset about like, we don't need that guy. And especially we don't want to trade a player who's here, who's not nearly as good as that player for this other guy. It's like, I think football is unique in that way right now, where basketball has gone to this like player movement. And I'm, this is not my, I I have no issue with the players taking control of basketball. I'm not a huge NBA fan anymore. Uh, I don't, but I also don't mind that players control where they need to go, whatever, like Baseball is very flawed in how they can only certain teams can pay players, and it's almost like the Indians are a farm system for other teams in the league. You know, so but but it, but I guess what I'm getting at is I think that the NFL seems to be the only place where the rationality of this other player is better than our current player, but I would rather not get that player. It's just unique in that sense. Am I crazy thinking that way? I've just noticed it with Aaron Rodgers and with Julio Jones that like those guys are premier players at their position there's no denying it but some fan bases are like and I'm again I'm not talking just the browns I'm talking about several fan bases who are like we don't want him we don't we don't want this upgraded player and it's like it's unique in that since the NFL seems to hold more team fans of teams than fans of players still am I wrong in that
1: no i think you're right I think you're right, and I uh, I go both ways on this. I can, you know, if I, if I go through this thought process, I can find myself on both sides of the coin, you know, and, and obviously a lot of this, I know you don't want to center this on a Baker-Rodgers thing, but taking that as an example, um, obviously Rodgers is a better player than Baker Mayfield. He may be better than Baker will ever be. Um, it, some people would say it's likely that he is better than Baker will ever be right now. So, you know, there's two sides to this. There's, you know, one side is the plainly analytical version, which is obviously you should at least consider the possibility of moving Baker and, uh, you know, for some amount of picks if it doesn't harm your team in the near future to allow like this three-year window where you're...
2: We're driven by the search for better. you need indeed
1: obviously going to have better odds at winning the championship
2: another part of me
1: understands that you know that there's just uh there's there's an element to this that um where just and i wonder i'll I'll go to this in a second but i guess there's an element to me that wonders like um how authentic it would feel you know um from a standpoint. And I don't know if the Cleveland Browns are, you know, and people from Cleveland are unique to that, you know, because I feel it. You know, I feel that it would be, it would feel better to win that championship with Baker Mayfield.
0: Do you um, think Tampa he,
1: people feel like they would, they would that's have, exactly have a Super where Bowl I was, with Jameis Winston? That's exactly where I was going. Like, how do I like, think what I don't know, Jake, is how do Tampa people feel? Do they yeah. feel at all that it was cheap? do they feel like it was bought that it was, you know, like, uh, I guess Denver people could feel, uh, you know, you can ask Denver people the same question about uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, But it's an interesting question that I would love to ask an authentic, you know, Denver fan or Tampa Bay fan. Like, how do you feel that you just grabbed Tom Brady in a year and you went and won a championship, uh, which you've never won. Was it any less meaningful you know, um, and for Ta- for a Tampa base like that would mean something, right? Like if a Tampa fan told me it felt cheaper, then you know it, <laughs> that it would feel an awful lot cheaper as a Cleveland Browns fan, I think. You know, but obviously as a plain analytics, you know, cartwheel, uh, you know, cold hard facts type of thing. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers if you grabbed him and you were able to trade Baker Mayfield for something and grab him right now, like your chances of winning, you know, one, two championships in the next three years are, are obviously higher. So, um, yeah. it's, it's a tough, you know, I've told you by a text personally, you know, that it, it's a very uncomfortable question that I don't really want to answer because, <laughs> uh, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like well, the way it makes me feel. And, um, you know, but I think you know, the,
0: different, the difference is Denver had a terrible quarterback situation when Peyton arrived. And Absolutely true. And Tampa, Tampa Bay was ready to punt on Jameis Winston. So I would imagine there was less uh, – and I have a good friend of mine who I played college football with. who's a huge Tampa fan and was just like, I love Jameis, but I also understand that this is an upgrade and we're ready to win a Super Bowl. I don't think people view Baker that way. I think people – the reason they get touchy right now is because – He's 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 had two really good seasons, uh, two pretty good seasons this last year. The last two thirds of it was really good. And you think Baker can become something still. And I do I do, too. I think Baker has a chance to become really good still. I just I think that's a big difference, John, is that like I agree. Um, people people still think there's they were tapped out on Jameis. I honestly could not tell you who the quarterback was before Peyton arrived. I know Osweiler arrived like in that time frame, but I can't tell you who was there before him. Uh, uh, nobody that matters. At all. Nobody that matters. So it's like, I imagine that's a little bit of a different scenario. So you would be trading a quarterback who I consider still on the up and up in Baker, sending him somewhere, and it's like, I don't even want to do this. I, I, it's not happening. The point was just like, I feel like football is different in that sense where Julio is this innocent star. Like he's never done a single thing wrong. He's always just produced, produced, produced. He's phenomenal. He's shown he had a little bit of an injury issue last year, but that whole football team shut down. If Nobody noticed the way Dan Quinn was fired. Everybody shut down. So if you're going to spin Tack McKinley in a positive light, you, you probably should spend Julio Jones in a positive light there too. So it's like, I don't know, man. I just think everybody should want Julio. Like, the, And if you said to me, hey, you could trade one of your receivers for him and get him. It's just, it's so crazy. And that same thing, Buffalo Bills fans. There was somebody who mentioned, like, I think their young wide receiver is Gabriel Davis. And uh, they're like, throw him in a third. And, and people were like, no, we don't want to do that. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? I just don't understand. It's not that we don't like Jarvis or Baker. I, I love those guys. But I also understand that there are, there are guys better at those positions right now. So if that happened, I wouldn't be mad. I would not be bothered by it. I'm not sitting here saying, do it or else you're going to fail this season. That's not the point. It's just saying like, hey, this guy's pretty good. And if your team went out and got that player, you should be happy about getting that player. So I, it's just a phenomenon I've noticed, John, that I'm like, this I'll- is unique to this sport, man. It's unique. I'll- Every I remember as Lindor was on the market every and baseball is a lot like football where you have a lot of positions it's not i know it's just 22 in baseball i get it, or football i get it but it's not like Lindor's is not single-handedly winning you a championship maybe the way james harden can my earlier example every single franchise wanted francisco Lindor, and if we would have had to trade i'm trying to think of a good example here um an up-and-coming player in baseball i don't even know i don't study it the way i used to really study it but say a team like Milwaukee or, or a t- a Boston traded Cleveland some up and coming player like Baker is still for Cleveland. I don't think people would be that mad. I think that they would be okay with it in in Boston or wherever he goes and the Mets, whatever. I, it's just unique. It's strange, but I like it. I like the loyalty.
1: Well, I'll say this too. Like uh, there seems to, it's a little bit different being a quarterback for an NFL franchise. It I is. will be straight up ruthless with any other position outside of, of quarterback. And I don't know personally, you know, what it does to gut a, you know, a leader of an up-and-coming franchise and uh, supplant him with somebody regardless of whether he's better. Um, But I, I, I do think there's, there's, there's something special and significant and unique about being an NFL quarterback.
0: It, it would it would be uh, something we haven't seen because Peyton and Tom both signed right. They both signed with those teams, I believe, uh, at that point. Yes. And it was not. This would be a unique thing if that if that Wild Rodgers scenario. Who again, I'm not considering it. It's just an example. It would be a really unique thing. So I totally understand. I get it. I think the Julio thing is just funny. Seeing so many fan bases be like, why would we go? You really? You really want to know why? Like you, you don't understand why help he would help you in a win now mode. Like I think that after you traded for Julio, it would be like, oh man, we got Julio. We're so excited. You know, like <laughs> I think it would I think it would change, but it's just you see these things get thrown out and people get so
1: defensive. And um, Well St. Louis you know, has and to who's Saint Louis has to be a little bit of a test run on this, right? Because St. Louis is one of the first like kind of test runs on um, you have at least a you know a baseline quarterback there and you gutted him oh, man. and you brought said in... St. Louis.
0: You said St. Louis. Oh I
1: did. Oh man. <laughs> man, your age. <laughs> yeah. LA. LA yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at that's least funny, that, like man. that's the first time I think I've seen, you know that type of scenario play out maybe to a more minor aspect considering the league's uh, opinion of Goff versus that's true you know somebody like baker but that's the first time i've seen something like that
0: that's true that's a good point that is like the first test run but again i just think even the rams fan base seemed to be down on jared Goff, while the browns fan base is still very right. much behind baker so that that part of it would be unique but I don't know, man. I think we've chatted about this enough. The culture stuff, I get it. And, and uprooting Jarvis to bring in another player, it would be it would be unique. And maybe maybe it would feel cheap. I don't know. But I just think if they got to the Super Bowl and won it, I don't think we'd be worried about it. I just think we'd be like the Browns won the freaking Super Bowl, so who cares? Like, y- yeah, I mean maybe we Absolutely. want. It's 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 like a. Um, when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors or whatever, like they weren't worried about Harrison Barnes anymore. <laughs> you know, like it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I it's football's football's different. I get it. It's just like someone had asked me too, like, would you rather have ten years of the playoffs with Baker? Would you rather have one Super Bowl? And it's like, I'd rather have a Super Bowl. I want to see my team win one Super Bowl in my lifetime. It's all I want. It's all I want. So I guess I would maybe, I just don't know. Like if the clock hits zero and, and, and some quarterbacks holding up the trophy and it's not Baker, what I didn't start immediately going, man, it's not Baker. This feels weird. I don't know that I would feel that way. <laughs> I want, I want it to be Baker. Like I want that dream to become a reality, but I just think that we're all like, we're so committed to players. You know what I'm saying? And it's unique, committed to like players on a team. It's, the NFL's it's that's why the NFL is great. I think that's why the NFL continues to be what it is, is people are committed to their team. And if a player is on your team, you still see fan bases fight for them the same way. Like, you know, Cleveland folks were fighting for Lindor or, you know, I'm sure angels fans fight for Mike Trout and, and all of that. And then so you go to basketball, like the Dirk Nowitzki, a guy who was with the franchise for 25 years, it seemed like for 20 years. So it's, it's a, it's a fading thing in other sports I think but I do I do think the NFL holds that uh, it holds it holds it more than any sport right now. So it's unique. It's just I kind of I just wanted to do a thought experiment today going around Twitter looking at different fan bases and I'm like, "Man, they're all finding reasons to it. it's st- it's so strange. It's not limited to just Cleveland." So anyway, this was fun, man. I, we probably are going to get people ticked off when they hear this, but it's just a conversation is <laughs> sure. all it is. It's just a conversation. We're not trying to trade people. We're not trying to advocate to trade them. So don't get mad at us. We don't make these decisions. We just talk about things they could do or they couldn't do and we react. So don't get mad at us. John, thanks for joining me, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. All
0: right, guys, we uh, we will have a weekend pod. I think you guys are really going to like um a really great guest probably one of the better guests we've ever had on here uh, i think uh, i think you'll like it so we'll check that out i'll post it tomorrow night uh, going into the weekend john great stuff as usual thanks for joining us check us out at the obr subscribe to the podcast subscribe to nothing but the dogs as well fantastic pod john does with mike krupka you should be listening to that great insights uh, especially around draft and post draft because there's a lot of stuff that they talked about before the draft that is great after the draft um, and yeah, join us, uh, join us for the OBR weekly on Tuesday nights. Check out, uh, as well. I should say subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate all that support. And most of you who seem to show up in the comments, you guys are regulars and I always appreciate that stuff. So we will probably be back Monday night of next week is when we'll do our next live stream. So, uh, until then guys, go Browns.